Ryan Holtz is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show Podcast. Another episode of the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Oh man, it's so good. We are. It seems like everybody we're talking to is south of the border in the United States of America. Um, I have a really cool guest on. Um, I connected with her on LinkedIn, and and uh, we've chatted quite a bit. And she's given me some pointers on uh, producing a show and what it's like to to kind of get some behind the scenes in media and television. Um, but before we get into our introduction, I just want to say again, thanks for everybody who's listened. Thanks for all the feedback. Um, thank you for all the reviews on Google iTunes, Stitcher, and it's just been such a great, uh, great journey doing the podcast and kind of growing the audience and things like that. Um, and it's just been great. So, uh, Kristen Crowley is a, and we could, we could use the whole, uh, title of from uh, from uh, from the bar star uh, industry uh, all the way into uh, becoming a news anchor. Uh, Kristen Crowley <laughs> is a news anchor in Virginia Beach, Virginia, but I have to make sure that everybody knows she is from Detroit, so she's got to give it up for her hometown. Got to put some love on that. Kristen is not only a news anchor, she is a, a, a fitness uh, enthusiast slash influencer. She is a mom. She is a wife. Um, she's went through uh, a few uh, crazy pregnancies. Um, she's defeated a lot of odds. She is, uh, I think she leads with her heart, though. I think Kristen is a, a giver. I can sense through, it's amazing how much you can sense through somebody's uh, tonality, even the way they type. She's very thorough, but very specific at the same time, because I know she knows her time is valuable. Uh, Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ryan. I am so excited to get to talk to you because we talked on the phone, but I get to actually see your face. Yeah. And it's so much more fun. This is great. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, Kristen, uh, I want to talk today. I, I mean, I think I'd like to go deep. I think I'd like to go long and narrow. So I hope you have a little bit of time. I think uh, a lot of our audience can get a ton of insight from you. Uh, Kristen, I find is really interesting because she she works in you know traditional media, which is television. Uh, she did not go to school for it. Um, so it's not like she, you know, kind of was born and said, I, I really want to be on TV one day. And what I find, which is really interesting, is that she said, I'm not really the best public speaker. And for me, it's it. I, I'm still trying to understand how that correlates, because a lot of people are absolutely petrified to get in front of a camera, let alone a big, yeah. you know, broadcast level camera and have, you know, a camera operator. And you do it so comfortably. So can you start there? What like how does that even happen? How do you go from working at a bar, becoming a news anchor, just an all around, you know, for lack of better terms, just a boss lady, man? I'll take that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, you obviously, you know, you're extremely comfortable in front of crowds. You've been doing your stuff for a while. And for me, it was a totally different story because I grew up on a farm. I grew up as an only child. I was very isolated. I didn't really feel comfortable in front of other people. And I was um, I was picked on quite a bit through school. So I really didn't come out of my shell because I was afraid of people making even more fun of me. So I kind of kept myself on the DL for a long time. And it took me... Uh, really moving from Michigan down to Virginia, where I'm at now, to like kind of reinvent myself and say, you know what? Nobody knows me here. 
I, I like being in front of people. I love talking to people. Obviously, you know that. Like, I, I just like connecting. So I had to find a way to break out of the shell, right? So I did the bar business mainly to force myself to talk to people and to, you know, dress back in the day, you know, or a little crazier. So, you know, you dressed, you had fun, you went out, you were clubbing all night. And it kind of broke the barrier and gave you a reason to talk to, you know, different people in a different way. And one of my bar customers was actually the first person who said, you can talk a lot and, you know, not make mistakes too often. You memorize things well. So I'm going to make you do a commercial. And I kid you not, Ryan, I fought him for six months. I did not want to go on camera. I was petrified. Um, The first commercial I ever did, (laughs) I don't think anybody here knows this. The first commercial I ever did was for a mattress company. It was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mattress mattress USA I, if that ever shows up somewhere I know it will um, I was shaking so bad that they had to put me behind the bed because my legs were visibly shaking wow. um, it was really hard to do it but they they had so much faith in me and that's what we've talked about your support system is uh, it, it's and it's just you have to have it because they they told me you're gonna be good at this you have to get through it and so I said you know what I've always loved TV I always have had kind of a, you know, I had an attraction to it and just media in general. So I just forced myself. I mean, I literally forced myself till I was sick to get through it. And once I kind of got over that initial fear, <laughs> I mean, the rest is kind of history because I've been at the station now live TV for 12 years and wow. it it feels so comfortable now, but you're right. I still don't like speaking, giving contrived speeches. I like to talk just naturally, I like to have conversations. So if you tell me I have to write a speech down and actually do it, I'm probably still gonna suck at it. <laughs> I mean, just to be you know, honest. You know what's interesting <laughs> is a lot of speakers I've talked I've talked to a lot of speakers, and it, it you know speaking is an art and it's a craft. And it is. I, if you yeah. ask any great speaker, like it's not something you can ever perfect. Like you can always get better and make tweaks and stuff. But a lot of the great speakers, I mean, even for me, like I look at it and I'm like, when I I kind of made a lot of mistakes. Like I bombed yeah. some speeches. Like started sweating. <laughs> like told the event <laughs> organizer here's your money back like just wanted to get out of oh, there and, gosh. And, and, and and it was you know and and it's it's a terrible feeling but at the same token what really helped me was not creating an actual speech word for word that's just not my style yep. or freestyle no. i'm very uh i'm very visual so all of my slide decks are always images because the image okay. will automatically resonate with me and then i'm it, it just kind of makes me feel more comfortable with what i'm talking about going yeah. back into you were picked on why do I feel like this is a cornerstone for you? Because it's interesting, like you even said, I asked you via LinkedIn, and this is what's really cool about getting to talk to somebody online before you really kind of talk to them in the flesh digitally, is that you get a sense of who somebody is. And I asked you, I said, what's your audience? Like, what would you say? Is it majority females? Because, you, you know, you're really, you know, moms and fitness and things like this, juggling. Yeah. Or is it males? And you said, well, it's kind of 50-50. And I liked your honest answer because you're like, well, I get a lot of dudes following me. But sometimes I feel like they're not really following me for what no. I'm saying. They're following me for my looks. So my podcast, and you kind of touched on it earlier, is that sitting down and having a conversation with somebody some of the best interviewers I've ever seen in the world, the Oprah's, the Barbara Walters, you never feel like this is an interrogation. It's just a simple yeah. conversation. Why do you feel that you are able to, you know, come from being picked on, bullied, slash 
somewhat introverted on the down low, then coming into this, you know, I, I, for lack of better words, baptism by fire by working at a bar True. as a bartender. <laughs> and I have bartended. So anybody out there that thinks bartending is easy, it is not. It's you have not to remember money. Job. You have to remember drinks. And you know what I always used to hate about people? They would come in huh. and ask for the most advanced drink. They're like, can I get like a, I'm like, what did you read a damn book for two hours? Like nobody even exactly. orders that thing. So no. just break it down for us. Picked on how, like, how did you become or get to where you are now? And what does all that mean for you? Um, you know, just, I guess, thinking back to it, my first memories of it um, was really elementary school. And I, I went through that ugly duckling phase. I think every kid does. I had a, I, I, I have a photo of it. I had a permed mullet. I had, you know, my front teeth had fallen out. My ears stuck out really far. I was gangly because I was so skinny. And um, they, I got to the point I was even called an AIDS patient through school. They used to make fun of me and tell me that I looked like I was dying. Um, so there was a lot, a lot of different ways that it happened. Um, but I still was friends with everybody, but I never really fit in with one group. So I was always trying to just fit in or make other people comfortable with me because you know I didn't want to be made fun of um when I got through high school you know I was like trying to get you know at 18 when you go out on your own and you have to be successful my mom's a very successful woman she's very strong she's stunning she's been gorgeous her whole life and so it was hard to live up to that so I felt like I had to keep you know I had to keep pushing myself to to live up to her standards and I I really used it more so as a tool because I would watch a lot. And I think that's the thing a lot of people don't do nowadays is just sit back in a room and watch people's reactions and watch how they feel about certain things because you can connect with anyone. You can be, doesn't matter, race, age, nothing matters. You can connect with anybody if you find something in common. And we all have something in common. It may take a second to get there, but we do. And I realized that by you know, sitting back and watching for so long because I was so quiet because I didn't want to get picked on. So I had the chance to observe kind of human behavior. So when I started bartending, I mean, all bartenders should be allowed to practice psychiatry um, because when you're done in the bar <laughs> business, you have seen it all, you have done it all, you have counseled it all. And I, I learned how to just kind of feed off that and make people feel comfortable. And I never wanted anyone to feel the way I felt. I never want anyone to feel picked on. I never want anybody to sit there and, you know, go home and not have any friends to call. You know, I mean, it was it, it hurts for kids. And it's even worse now with online because kids are so susceptible mm. to it. And, you know, the cyberbullying is terrible. And the other thing I can't stand is somebody's not upfront and honest. If you can't get in my face and say it, then you need to back up and I'll tell you where to meet me because it is not it has to be these genuine connections. So I just, I used it. I mean, I just used all of it to, to learn about people and how to make them feel comfortable. And I never, I guess when I started bartending, you know how some bartenders dress yeah. behind the bar, right? <laughs> so you're dressing a certain way. And I, you know, you'd be glammed up back there. And my number one concern every night was making sure that everybody was comfortable with me and that we all had a good time together. So I just, I don't know. I think that, you know, a lot of us learn from the bullying and that's what a lot of people say. It toughens you up a little bit. Um, it toughened me up, but it made me more, um, I don't know the best way to even say it. It just made me versatile, versatile. more caring. And I, caring, I just cared empathetic. what other people felt. Yeah. Because I didn't want the, yeah. I didn't want them to feel the way I felt. So I've always just been very, 
outgoing with people that way. So it was hard to transition it into actually being in front of them in a professional way. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that a lot of kids go through it and you can come out of it on the top or you can take it negatively. And I took it positively and you're, I try and turn it around. You're like people always use the term chameleon. And sometimes <laughs> I get a little bit I'm like, well, I don't know if I'd necessarily like that because it could be disingenuous, you know, because it's like, well, if I'm this person one day and then that person another day. But you're an yeah. expert at pivoting in your life. You're an expert at <laughs> curating. Um, you're an expert at curating what's in front of you and then also inside of you. I, I don't, I mean, and you know this, not a lot of people possess those types of skills. Or maybe they do, but they just have not really looked deep yeah. enough to unlock that within inside themselves. You're somebody who knows how to th think on the fly and then also pivot very quickly and that what's interesting is it's probably been one of your biggest skill sets in doing news because everything is on the fly and everything is like yesterday. And if it wasn't done yesterday, like it's already late news today almost. And, <laughs> you know, but you were like that prior to getting into the news. So kind of coming up where you did, you said, hey, my mom is very strong, tough to look, you know, kind of look up to her. Is this something you think was just inside you if you really go back or was this something that was a learned skill? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, mm. I think that, um, you know, growing up on a farm, I grew up around animals. So I did. I had to use the best word empathy. I had a ton of empathy for just animals in general. Yes. So I had a caring nature. Um, so that taught me how to care for things and how to raise things and take care of them. Um, and they, you had to be strong because when you're dealing with a 1200 pound horse and you're a 10 year old mm. girl, that's, you know, 80 bucks, <laughs> you gotta, yeah. you have to learn to be strong. So Physically, I never had an issue. I was always very physical. That's where the fitness came into play. I was always lifting weights or lifting heavy things. And I felt strong that way. Um, but I didn't, you know, I just felt like I was trying to stay quiet so that I didn't stand out. Like I was actually trying to quiet myself so that I didn't get made fun of because that was my biggest fear was people not liking me. And I think we all want that. We all want acceptance. Um, and it took me a long time to realize, I mean, not everybody's gonna like you but they can respect you. So I just, that, I guess it was kind of in me the whole time just because I was always raised in that environment. But, um, you know, I felt overshadowed or to the point where I just felt like, you know, I, I didn't live up to the standard sometimes, I guess, you know, our parents do put a lot of pressure on us and I was always expected to be good. I was, you know, I was always expected to do well in school and I'm pretty old school with my kids too. I know you're great with your son. He is so freaking adorable. Um, <laughs> shout out to Deja. But I'm, I, I gotta shout him out because he is yeah. so freaking cute. And if y'all have him. not followed on his accounts and seen him in his Instagram <laughs> stories, he is adorable. Um, but I, yeah, I'm very hard on my kids too because I know what we're capable of. It's just, we have to have people push us just enough to get us through that. So, uh, yeah, I, it, it, it shaped me. It definitely shaped me. And I'm forever grateful that I had that kind of not easy experience. Like I had to work hard mm. my whole life. Mm. So I think that a lot of kids miss out on that these days. It's kind of sad. When did you stop punishing yourself for being um, somebody who, you know, made themselves smaller because other people couldn't be bigger for somebody who was um, pushing themselves and suppressing themselves? because they were, you know, worried about how other people would receive them and not understanding that by suppressing yourself, it's not really <laughs> impacting anybody because those people no. have their own deep rooted issues that have nothing to oh, do yeah. with you. They're just not channeling that energy. So do you ever feel that you punished yourself? Like you're strong, but today, like I'm, I'm going, I'm looking in your eyes because I'm like <laughs> the, the whole fitness and stuff and I love it and I admire it, but I'm like, like, 
who are you when you eat ice cream? You know, like who are you when you're crying <laughs> and so, who are you when you're you're sobbing and you know just a yeah. bad day and nothing's going right and you know you're crying <laughs> to your husband or like you know where he'd be like, man, this whole news anchor thing. Like I know this girl. Like she's yeah yeah that's that's one side, but I see the truth. You know, like yeah. that's where we're going today. But would you say you punish yourself or or what do you think of that? No, I don't think I did. Um, I, I think that um, I mean. Yeah, it's kind of hard to answer because I didn't really punish myself for it. Um, I just, I didn't allow myself to become the person I was meant to be sooner. Um, I kept, that. that's what I'm, you know, I wish I, I had the guts back then. And you know that it's so cliche. If I knew now what I knew then. <laughs> um, it's so cliche, but it's so true because I... I think it was after, really after being in the restaurant business for a little bit, and I was really, you know, every job I had, I was a great employee. I never got fired from a job. You know, I worked my butt off no matter what. And when I got through kind of getting used to personalities, I got more comfortable. Mm. Um, after that, I started modeling a little bit in my 20s, which helped break me out of my shell, but it was a way to be in front of a camera without talking. So I was mm. still holding myself back. And finally, when I hit my late 20s and that opportunity came, that was the moment where I was like, well, I really have to do it because everybody believes in me and I've got to get over the fear of, of feeling sick when I'm going to talk in front of a camera or to someone. And I just ended up, you know, I guess, and I, I wouldn't say it was really punishing myself. I just was really not living up to my potential. Even though I was working 80 hours a week, I had, you know, uh, my own house, by the time I was 23, I already owned a home, a motorcycle, a truck. I had everything because I worked so hard, but I wasn't doing the things that I truly loved um, as far as the entertainment side of it. Because again, I was afraid of just not being accepted. Um, so I just finally, I think once I got to the TV experience, it took, it, it did take a couple of years because the, the critics and the comments hurt in the beginning because everybody's going to find something. 100%. Um, yeah. Once I realized you really what I and I'm not going to use the word but when you stop giving up about what people say about you is sure. the moment that you're truly free so I hit that point a couple of years in the television where I was like you know I'm just going to do what I want I mean I, I had to be happy and I knew at that point that I was good at it mm. but you know you, you still have self-doubt I mean a lot of people mm -hmm. do so I just I finally when you realize that you know you really stop giving an F about what people think about you is when you can actually power through and do the things you really love. And people tend to accept you more. It's weird that that happens, the shift happens, but they of see course. it and they're like, oh yeah, she knows, she's got confidence, she's fine. But I guess, but I think the, the thing is that everybody thought I was confident all those years before too, sure. because I hid it very, very well. And I sure. still was successful, but I wasn't, I was still afraid to, you know, to really stand out that much. And once I got over that hump, then I guess this is where I'm at now. <laughs> All over it's, the place. Fu it's funny though because the before the before all of that even though everybody perceives you as being confident you knew that you yeah. weren't so it's people yep. who often want to do big things in life and are very driven you know and and i and i just think this they don't focus that much on the positives they're always focusing yeah. on how could have i made that better you know yeah. even though it was 98 like what was the two percent that i lost you know and you're mm. you're very you know it, i think it's just in you and that's in your dna however i feel like people out there and it's it's amazing because you know even the previous guest i had on we talked about self-help so much but yeah. self-help to me is a touchy subject because there's so many snake oil salespeople selling all this crap about yeah. self-help and you know become yeah. better and meditation and all this right <laughs> at the end of the day for me i'm just like well no like 
I think everybody knows the pollutants in their life that they need to remove immediately. If oh, it's yeah. a mom that makes you feel terrible or a dad or a cousin or an auntie or a sister, there's people in your life that are just sucking terrible energy from you. And it's never easy to say enough is enough. But no, it's not. I would have to say if I went and talked to tw- like 10 people on the street, nine of them have a complete one of their inner circle is just sucking them dry. Yeah. And they yep. because they love them, because it's my sister, because it's my mom, because it's this, I'm going to put up with it. But at the end of the day, the world actually needs you and they need your full you because without you being 100 percent authentic, how the heck can you make any change and then impact yeah. people? Right. In a small way. So yep. for you going into television and doing all that, um, flipping over into the personal side of things, what is something that uh, that really gets to your heart? What's something that is extremely sensitive for you? Um, sensitive for me? Um, hmm. I can say I have pretty tough skin at this point, so it's hard to say now. Um, I think the two things I can't stand are people who act fake mm. and and people who go out of their way to pick on someone else when it's not mm. deserved. Um, so I... And I find myself standing up for my friends more than I do myself most of the time because I think you're more protective of other people. Um, if you are a person who has that arrogance or that kind of cockiness mm-hmm. about you, I literally have zero tolerance and I am very vocal. I've always been vocal. That's not been the problem. It's just being vocal <laughs> in certain environments, right? Um, but I've never been afraid to tell anybody off or tell them something, you know, or back them down about something if it comes to someone's emotions or their physical looks, um, you know, because I had things that I was picked on for my ears and my teeth and everything else. And, you know, thanks to braces and everything <laughs> kind of went away. But, you know, it's it's things that I don't like people who pick on things that people cannot control. Yes. So if they you're picking on something to make yourself feel better, I feel so sorry for you. And I want to defend those people. Um, and the way I mean, the way I've done it now is really to make them feel comfortable and try and have conversations with. That's why I try and connect so much with people online, because it's, mm. you know, we're losing that human, the human connection nowadays mm. because we're all online all the time. But you can still be genuine online. You don't have to, you know, like you said, the snake oil people that are out there selling things. And I mean, we all have to make money and we all have to sell. But there's there's a way to do it just to to enrich someone's life. And that's why, you know, on the outside of it, like you said, the fitness and things like that, it just made me feel so much better um, about myself and just finding an outlet that was healthy, um, Mm. versus finding the other vices that a lot of people find nowadays. So that's why, you know, I just try and be an extremely authentic and I really have not changed my entire life that way. I've always been honest and the same person. So I think that your exterior can change, but you know, you just have to be a good person on the inside and I can see that in people. And that's what I love about people. I don't really, care about much else so <laughs> well what's really interesting it's the it's the evolution of life like we, we can pull up this yeah. podcast 25 years later we're gonna look a little different and it's like yeah Man, damn interesting you know <laughs> how, how do you go about calibrating who you spend your time with online and and it goes from lol cool emojis awesome love what you're doing to more in-depth conversations how do you like what is your process you know because online is a is a is a it's a it's a frickle kind of 
community and there's so much yeah. high school crap online you know liking pictures not liking pictures i'm not mm-hmm. gonna follow you you're gonna follow me you know you got envy you got you know i'm gonna post my my best life you know i, I know people physically on instagram that are posting these beautiful lives and they cannot they don't have ten dollars they don't have gas <laughs> to put in their damn bmw i'm like dude you were taking a bus because you couldn't even drive your bmw because you can't put no gas in it yes so where's yes. this where's this fakeness <laughs> like how do you how do you pick it out but and, and it's funny because i ask other guests this about social media and it's it's weird mm-hmm. they'll ask they'll answer such personal questions without hesitance but it's almost like there's this unspeakable rule about certain tactics that happen on social media and i find it interesting because people are you know especially the people are like oh, i don't care how many people like my picture i don't care how many comments that's garbage bullshit no. that's bullshit no you know, we all care we all care we all care <laughs> what is your what is your system how can you feel how can you figure out or point out somebody that's okay this person's just trying to take without giving any value or this person is just just not genuine you know like this is fake i can tell this something's off about this how do you how do you diagnose that uh i think you could tell with a lot of people almost immediately um and like you said even when you're typing there's tone so i think you know you can tell and if someone uses a a derogatory term or something in their sentence you know they're probably not obviously someone you're not going to connect with um you know it's it's hard to say that I mean, I try and connect with everybody or at least give everyone a chance, but I'm also someone who looks at both sides of every situation because I'm extremely unbiased about things. So I understand Mm -hmm. that you may have had a really bad day for the past six hours and, you know, or something really catastrophic could have happened that you reached out and you lashed out and couldn't be directly at me. So, I mean, I I can tell you I've saved conversations where I've received the nastiest messages. Um, I was told when I was pregnant on air that I looked like a Las Vegas hooker um, trying to sell my pregnant self for money. Um, and that was a, a email that went to my entire station um, and comments about, you know, when you, you know, the, your belly and wearing tight clothes and your boobs are huge and you look inappropriate, you're a disgrace to women everywhere. Um, I've received some nasty comments um, and all of those comments I've responded um, nicely, you know, directly, but nicely at first. And I, have had most of those conversations turn into a, you know, an actual conversation where that person's like, thank you for taking the time to do that. Um, So I I always try and look through comments, you know, and and I will look at people's stuff, but I I just think, you know, if you have like-minded people, I mean, we connected right away and I could tell, you know, I mean, it's, you want to help people. I want to help people. So I think you can feel that. And I think the bar business helped me with that because I was around so many personalities Um, I can give you a little tip whenever I go into a room, especially if it's someone's office or, um, you know, an interview, things like that. I will look, I'll scan the room as soon as I walk in. I'll look at every shelf. I'll look at the desk. I'll look behind and I'll find something or an object that is something that's been in my life at some point. So if you have, you know, a picture like you have the sports behind you, you know, my parents are both athletes, like, you know, that (laughs) things just start conversation. So I I find things in common with people. um, Really, that's my biggest thing, because we all want that approval. Like you said, like we care, we care that people are following us online. And for most of us, that boils down to our income. Um, You know, it has a lot to do with it nowadays. So it does matter. 
but I also am not going to put up with a bunch of crap and people that are on there just, you know, making comments. I mean, I have blockers for a lot of words on my social media, so it weeds a lot of the people out already <laughs> so I don't have to deal with them because I just don't want to. I mean, I'll hit delete and block, but usually I'll take the time to actually respond. And, you know, that person may have had a really crappy week and they may be going through something that you know nothing about. Mm. Um, and that's why I try to take with everything I hate. I hate, hate, hate when people judge a book by its cover because um, mm -hmm. I've had that done to me most of my adulthood just based on the way I look or my shape, um, you know, and people assume that you're, you know, less intelligent. They assume that you're not capable or you, you know, you don't know how to do this. And I mean, I can drive a 42 foot trailer. So don't don't try and like, you know, assume that I can't do something. Um, so I don't like that either. I don't like people who do assumptions online. So if they go right to that, I know they're probably not going to be someone I'm going to associate with. <laughs> I just I just always think about when people are so focused on looks because I don't know, it's something that for me, I never even even in my single days, you know, dating and stuff like that. It was always I, don't, I was always the kind of guy that was just like, I don't really care about that. Like, yeah, I have to be attracted to the person. And I used to get like I would always my I, I, my clientele and I and I joke about this and my wife, I, I'm very public about this. My clientele as a single <laughs> man was just it was the woman in the bar that was a complete just not night not approachable it was that girl that said i'm coming out i'm dancing with my girls i'm chilling i'm gonna have my drink i'm not here to pick up any dudes classy unapproachable very focused on why she's at the bar that was my clientele because for me i was yeah. always like i was all about the mind for me, it was, if you can't talk to me, I don't care about all the look. If, yeah, you, if you're like, matter. I don't know, I went and bought some skinny jeans. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, this, this does nothing. <laughs> I, it does nothing for me. Like, if I am not mentally stimulated, I'm I'm like, I'm a person that ADD. It just, I'm off. I'm, I, I just yeah. cannot even pull into it. So even with social media, I will talk and respond to all the comments on my social and I go to my way to respond in a very sincere manner. I'll write paragraphs, but the time I give to certain people, there's like the social media following. And then there's like the VIPs because the VIPs are people that are like, this person goes above and beyond. They're consistent They're They don't yeah. just message me when they want something. They might just say, Hey, how's it going? You know, I can tell <laughs> when they're dropping a comment. They're not like, yo, you look really cool. You know, like, you know, R-O-F-L, you're not really rolling on the floor laughing no, at not. my picture. Don't give me these stupid acronyms. Like, you know, when you go out of your way and you're like, man, your son is so cute. Like, I can feel that because you're you're going like another layer beyond me saying, oh, your son is really cute. And I know that's sincere, right? Where some people, yeah. they've talked to me and they've never even mentioned the fact that I was a father. Like, it's crazy. Like, I have it in my bio. I'm a husband, father. And people yeah. talk to me. As though I'm not a husband and father. They're just like, Ryan, mm -hmm. so what are you doing this weekend, Ryan? I don't know. Changing diapers, making dinner, loving my family. Like, I'm not going to be at the bar on a speaker, you know? Like, yeah. So no. for you, do you have that circle online? And not 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 related to your anchor or, or TV, just people you interact with on your own personal social media do you have kind of a okay well you're here and then you're here like how do you really gauge who you're gonna you know type to it's a lot of work with these fingers so like who are you yeah. investing your fingers into you know what i mean 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's, yeah, I, I have, and this is what I've been very blessed with is because I do like genuine connections with people and I filter out, you know, the people who are obviously closest in my life, but, um, I, I do find a way to connect with most people. So my friend base is really big. I'm very lucky. Like I always say, you know, they say you're lucky if you can count five people who would come to your rescue on your hands. I mean, I have 20, 20, 20 some, 30 people I could call who would be at my house in a minute to help me. But it's yeah. because I've always done everything for them too. So you get sure. what you receive. I mean, you receive what you give. So um, yeah, I do keep them online. I mean, it's shifted now, you know, and now, cause I wanna connect with people across the country. And, you know, I think that we all, by networking more, it creates so much more opportunity. And I think people that are afraid to go out and actually network i mean you have to find something to talk to people about mm -hmm. um so if you you know i that's why i said i love that i have had a really weird <laughs> and diverse yeah. life because i can relate to a lot more things um yeah. so again that was a blessing for me to be all over the damn place for my entire life and just want to like you know interact with people and since i never really fit into one group i got better at you know having lots of different types of friends so i mean i can literally i mean i slept in the back of a truck doing rodeos for a year um you know being dirty every day and not showering for weeks at a time and i can go to miami and be on a yacht like i like having the different type being able to fit in in more places and i think yes. you have to just go with you know whatever the experience is so if you connect with someone like you said it doesn't matter who they are what they if you connect with them just mentally being able to have a conversation it's fun i mean that's the best part about life is actually like meeting other people and hearing their stories um that's why i love all these podcasts now because it's just so cool to actually see people that we would never come in contact with <laughs> or for the introverts like that don't go out they can actually hear people talk and share these kind of weird stories and they're like oh hey you know i could actually do this like i could get out and you know, not be afraid of it. But online, yeah, I mean, I keep it pretty, pretty open. I mean, I'm really the same. I mean, I don't, yeah, my life's not that exciting. And I guess people think that it is. I mean, same thing. I'm here. I got to pick my daughter up from school in an hour. I've got to, you know, things like that. I mean, it's not, we all have the same life. You just make, you kind of put people on a pedestal, but we're all the same. Like our mm -hmm. jobs are the same. Mm -hmm. We all work. Like, that's why I hate when people treat like the CEO of the company different than the person at the restaurant serving their table. Cause mm. uh, there's no reason for it. If you're doing a good job and you're taking pride in your job, I mean, that's the most important part of it. So yeah, I, I, I love work ethic. I like, you know, just finding people online that hustle and that's probably people I keep closest or help out. But honestly, I mean, I spread myself too thin. I try and help a lot of people. <laughs> I probably shouldn't, <laughs> but I, I'm trying to. But yeah, I, I keep it pretty open. I'm gonna. My husband's trying to voicemail me now. Hold on, sorry, he just <laughs> totally okay. ruined that. Where'd he <laughs> go? Okay. I just totally cut you out because my husband's interrupting. No, there okay. we go. No, you're back. <laughs> no, so I, I, I just fine. Well, that's real life. But okay, so here's the thing, though, is that when you're okay, prime example. So. People that are listening, I've been thinking about this media stuff forever. And I'm like, you know, I, I've reached out to a few other people and I'm like, I, I love <laughs> the podcast. I love the media. I, 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 I one of my biggest assets is speaking and, and talking. And yeah. and I do like that journalistic aspect where I've never ever went to school. I've just only looked at interviewers that I thought were really cool. 
Um, and I love psychology. Like I, I want to get into somebody's brain. I want to try to figure them out. Um, you being in media, you're very good at um, if somebody goes right, you're like almost right there. If somebody goes left, <laughs> you're right there. And it's behind the smile is somebody who is super, super, super calculated. Not in a, yeah. in a mischievous or malicious way, but you can tell you're somebody that's very thought out. Uh, you're very yeah. premeditated. Um, you do a great job of making all that planning look very effortless and authentic. Meanwhile, you know, you're you're screaming in the background, your hair is coming out. And but by the time it's lights, camera, yeah. action, you're ready to rock. That being <laughs> said, and people listening, it is a testament. If you do want something different in life and you do want to try a different option or you're wondering, there's never anything wrong with reaching out to somebody who's in a position no. or in that industry or whatever it is. And just saying, like, give me some of the behind the scenes to, to decide if this is actually something that I want to do. And Kristen has talked to me and offered like lots of guidance to me when it comes to programming, when it comes to TV, when it comes to radio, as far as do you actually want to go work at a news station, Ryan, and get some experience? Or do you actually <laughs> want to have your own show syndicated? Or Ryan, let me tell you the pros and the cons on it. And, you know, from yeah. this conversation, it, it, it and I'm still thinking about it. And it's something that is always so tough to digest because you're like, what yeah. what does work, you know, and what doesn't work? So uh, I do thank you for that, and I appreciate that. But I think people that are listening, it's because a lot of people look at me and they're like, Ryan's got it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. I do not have it all figured out. I, I am actually, as we're talking, I am figuring it out. And I don't know if I will ever get to the point of figuring out. And I think that thing is called life. Um, yeah. Pregnancy, mom life, tough pregnancies. Um, the, the midsection was never going to be a six pack. Um, the midsection was looking not cool, not happy with it. Um, all the things that happen to females when they, um, you know, give our beautiful children a home for nine months. Um, talk a little bit about your experience. Uh, it, it wasn't, uh, beautiful, blissful, and always heavenly. Um, I think a lot of listeners can kind of take to that because when you go to Kristen's Instagram and I, I better see at some point on a throwback Thursday, I want to see the teeth. I want to see the Afro oh, hair and I better yeah. see something solid, but seriously, all reality. <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about mom life, pregnancy, getting your body back, um, feeling like crap, probably in all aspects. And then yeah. just kind of working through, <laughs> just kind of working through that. All right, so this is going out. So it's all the moms out there. It all is all the possible. moms. It is. Possible. I love you, mom. I love you. I love. I love my mom too. She's crazy, but I keep her around. So <laughs> all right. So the best part about it is that you know I was fairly into fitness growing up. Like I said, my parents are both like amazing athletes. I just did horses. I didn't want to be on a team. I just want to be by myself. And so, you know, I knew how to lift. Like, I knew what a gym was. I had been in the gym. I had done the treadmill. I did the stupid stuff in my 20s where, you know, you're like doing hours of cardio and eating nothing because you're just trying to lose weight. I mean, I did all that crap. Um, after I had kids, you learn. I mean, your time is valuable. Oh, yeah. You, you know, you have to make time for what is important in your life. And your body is not the same. So you you cannot expect it to be the same, but to come back stronger than I ever was, was shocking to me. So for my fitness friends out there, um, it is the best therapy. Um, it's how I fought postpartum depression. 
Um, I hate taking medicine. I think that we're a medicine driven society and I hate it. Um, so I tried to find natural methods to combat it, um, which was, you know, my diet, um, cutting out inflammatory foods, learning how to cook for what, you know, actually helped me. Um, and then actual weight training. So, you know, people are so afraid of it. Um, just quickly, my pregnancies, I was high risk both times. So I was on 100% bed rest with my daughter. I couldn't move for three months. So I was completely immobilized and it was horrible. Um, my son, you know, I had, um, was able to still work, but I had to be on bed rest the rest of the day and I wasn't allowed to do anything physical um, for 10 months with him. So, you know, I packed on a why, good 50 why was, some pounds. Why, why was it high risk, Kristen, if you don't mind me asking? Um, this is, and for you being a dude, this is going to be really weird, but um, I have uh, a bicorneal, uh, like, you'll know. I mean, you've, you've been through the pregnancy once, oh, yeah. um, but I have, for the women listening, I have a bicorneal uterus, which means that you have like half of it viable. So you have oh. a harder chance of carrying a lot yeah, of chances yeah. of, yeah, um, delivering early, um, you know, just different complications that come with it. So I was very high risk from the beginning. Did you um, know that during it, your first pregnancy or is that something that came up while I did. you were pregnant? Oh, you did. Okay. Okay. I did. It came up, but I didn't know to what extent because they can kind of tell like once you're, you know, getting ultrasound for the first time, they can kind of tell. Um, but that's something that a lot of women might not know until they get further into the situation where they're like, oh, the baby's out of space. So now you can't move because they could just come early. Um, so it's, it's pretty terrifying. I mean, to be told, I think I was only 22 or 24 weeks when they were like, okay, you have no cervix left. You're a hundred percent effaced. And if you move around too much, you're going to go into labor. Um, so basically you're trying to save your child. So everything else goes out the window and you're just eating to survive and you're not moving. And, um, so, you know, after the first one, I was still in my twenties, it was a little bit easier after the second one, I was into my thirties and it was a lot harder. Um, so yeah, I just found the weights and I was like, you know what? I, I was lifting heavy stuff as a kid. I can do this. I just have to put in the work every single day. And I ended up hitting the gym with a trainer um, for months after. And I've had back surgery. I have a shoulder that's torn apart. I have one foot that's bad, one knee that's bad. And I can tell you, I went from bench like or leg pressing 200 pounds to leg pressing almost 900 pounds um, because I worked okay. slowly and I like I, I knew that I could do it. And I had people that helped me the right way. Um, so the moms, like I, you know, I had the problems with the C-section, you know, I couldn't move my stomach. I, mean, I had no strength at all. And I literally, because I was lifting those heavy weights every day, just felt stronger and stronger. And I can tell you for the losing all that baby weight, I never did cardio. I just sat there, lifted heavy stuff and I, I did it smart and I did it with a trainer and I learned a lot about fitness and that's where the passion for all that came from. Cause I learned you don't have to be in there for hours. I mean, I work out maybe 30, 30 minutes to an hour tops, maybe four times a week and, um, barely do cardio. I just lift weights and I train and I move a little bit and it, it worked. And I, I kid you not, I was shocked. I had a six pack. Like, I, can't shocked. I can't remember if you said, I can't remember if you said you like hot yoga or not. You tried it or you yeah, never I did. You do. I love hot yoga. Um, because you have to have one detox thing. And I Hell suck yeah. at stretching. I think we all do. Like I just suck at stretching out. So it was a man, you know, it forces you to do it. But um, I did it for a long time. My shoulder being torn right now, it's hard to do because um, I can't do a lot of the stuff. But um, hot yoga is probably for anybody that needs or deals with stress or anxiety. 
that is one of the like number one natural medicines out there is to actually go in a yoga class and yeah just feel it just relax feel it energy i love it it's it's one of my favorite things um, because it forces me yoga i have two beasts with hot yoga number one is i'm a sweater I mean, when I, I, I'm not some, I'm not somebody that could work, go on lunch hour, come back. No, brother needs a shower. I need, I need my, okay. I need my deodorant. I've been shaving my underarms since I was 13 years old when I started playing football. I, I just straight up put it out there because I, I, I don't, I don't hold anything back. I mean, I have to be self-aware and I'm like. You my wife tell like I'll wake up in the morning I'm like yo man like I got I got my natural deodorant on the beds like everything is proper yeah, right so there it's funny because <laughs> one of my biggest issues and I love fitness and and all that but it was always the damn like it doesn't matter if I lift weights or cardio like I just start sweating and I'm like well now I got a so shower funny. my heart rate is pumping I gotta I gotta dial back in it was it was it wasn't the actual workout it's just the the process leading up and then, and then going after it, which is which is hilarious. So any dude out there, I'll say, man, less body hair. It'll help you out. Your life will be simple. Yeah. Um, and there's no shame. My second thing about hot yoga is, and this is very public knowledge. I've done a podcast all about it. Okay. People's lack of foot care disgusts me. <laughs> People's lack of foot care. I don't care if it's wintertime and nobody sees your toes. Okay. Your man sees your toes. Your family sees your toes. Your kids see your toes. Your dog sees your toes. You have to take care of the feet. You can't just, I'm going to do my face today, my hair. You know, the feet matter. And the amount of despicable feet I see at hot yoga, and I do have some people at my studio listening to this podcast, so I know when I see you next time, you're going to give me a bad look. But it's just ridiculous, right? And I'm like, no, 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 no. This doesn't make sense. How can you get your nails done, your gel nails, your hands look so proper, and the feet are grenades? It doesn't make sense to me. That's my only yep. thing. Okay? That's my only thing. But circling, <laughs> <laughs> circling well, in and around. I'm gonna. I'm the opposite because my feet are done. And my nails. My nails are never done. They're absolutely horrendously ugly. So I am the opposite. I don't do my feet, and I only. I are. I only do my feet. And I don't do my. Feet. You can always tell a lot about. I can hear you. Ha- you can always tell a lot about somebody's hands and the way they are because even my wife, she she paints her fingernails. But one thing that I loved about her when I met her was her nails were always short, like they were kept just super clean. Yeah. And painted, and I'm like, she's all about function. But the feet, the feet were on point. And it's a true story because I, you know, summertime. Anyways, I keep lotion. I keep lotion and mints in my car, all in my truck, always mints and lotion. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you remember? You remember that Eddie Murphy thing in Boomerang? <laughs> Oh, you know, it's a little obsession yeah. with the feet. That's what you reminded me of right no, now. No, <laughs> it's it's my my business card. My business card is a sock. Um, how much how much of a role does your husband play in in your life in in supporting everything that you do? You're extremely strong. Um, my husband is amazing. Um, he is a true hero. I mean, he was 23 years in the Navy and um, did amazing things. And um, he's a true warrior. Um, he's a really strong individual. And he's probably the only person that, um, you know, I, you know, you when you date people, like you said, if they're not mentally, like if you can push them around, it was never a challenge for me. 
Um, he's always been a challenge for me and I've been a challenge for him. So, you know, we teach each other things. I teach him how to ride motorcycles. He taught me how to shoot better. Um, so we teach each other a lot. Um, he's very supportive, but we both firmly believe in having our own lanes. So mm. when I was bartending, he didn't hang out at the bar. You know, when he's in the military and he's gone for months and he can't call, like, I don't bug him about that. I don't ask questions. Um, so we always were very respectful of each other's jobs. And with the news stuff, you know, he knows I have to interact with a lot of people. I get a lot of crazy messages, you know, things that are inappropriate. And he doesn't he doesn't react to much. Um, he knows me and um, we have a rule in our relationship. Like respect is the number one thing. And as soon as respect is gone, everything else is gone. Mm. So I never do anything to disrespect him and he doesn't do anything to disrespect me. And so we're supportive in that way that we give each other space. Um, I, I'm not a clingy person. I don't like someone around all the time. Um, probably growing up, you know, as an only child and stuff. And he always was on his own. So yeah, it works out so perfect because he's been, he's supportive, but neither of us want each other to get a big head. So we don't really say it to each other that much, but we always brag on each other to other people. So I hear it indirectly um, from people that'll text me and they'll be like, your husband is glowing right now because he's talking about you. And it, I mean, it makes me really still feel the excitement um the butterflies because we don't say it to each other that often because we just kind of you know when we're at home you know we're focused on the kids and we both work he owns his own company now so he works 12 hour days mm. and you know i'm at work before he wakes up and so it's a crazy schedule so you know we don't when we're together it's just for dinner family time go to bed <laughs> and that's it so we try to take vacations when we can that just started this year so you know that's wow. that's how we connect but he is he's extremely supportive in whatever i want to do um even if he doesn't say it to me um i know i hear it you know from other people and he's yeah he's i, I can't even say what a stand-up person he is so i think again you attract you know mm. people like yourself like he's very like he's just yeah he's an amazing person he looks tough he looks tough he looks like <laughs> he looks like you mess he looks like you can mess somebody up he looks like he's he one of those little... he looks like he's one of those little navy seal <laughs> cia operative type of dudes i'm like oh my god i'm like do not mess with that woman first of all don't mess with that woman she can shoot you up then she's got the crazy guy behind her he will mess you yeah. up. So you guys, you guys are yeah. powerful. I like the fact. Is this a, is this a Detroit, Michigan, or is this a, a is this a a Virginia thing? You're you're very. Uh, the one thing I can say about you, and I love this, was you have zero ego. I would have to say you have no ego. You are very approachable, extremely sincere, very sweet in the way that you talk. You. you know and. Even on LinkedIn, I think my first message to you was like a rambling. I, I should, re I would love to read it. It basically was like, I'm brainstorming to a random stranger about something I was thinking about. about your job. It, it yeah. doesn't make it doesn't make any sense at all. But you know, and you just responded back, and then we kind of worked through it. And I, I'm just like, I don't even know this person, and this is this is great. Yeah. And I really respect that about you. Being in TV. We know that traditional media is changing by the second. Yep. Digital and online has, you know, is just a completely different world. Um, I've interacted with a lot of people in traditional media. Uh, some are still living in their, their uh, I don't know what world they're living or rock they're living under. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's completely different. You, my friend, have decided 
and actively for a long time, which I can see cultivated, really starting to brand yourself individually, branding yourself uh, for your other ventures in terms of business and side hustles, things like that. How and why? I, I don't even know if I have to ask why, because you're somebody that just pivots. I, like you're not somebody that ever is like your job is done and you would just be like oh I never knew that was coming like you know you're just somebody that's yeah. like you know what's happening why are you somebody in your industry who's like I get it like I know what's happening and you're now making steps to adapt to innovate and to pivot alongside it it's fantastic uh, how and why did you decide to do that um, I think because it's changed so much in the past 12 years that I've been in in TV news. Um, you know, I mean, look, we went, this is what I wore to work today. If you wore this like a sheath dress 12 years ago, people would have just lost their minds. Um, so it's becoming more social. It's becoming fresher. It's becoming newer. And the people that refuse to change with it, you know, you struggle. Um, but again, because I've always had so many different jobs and I've you know, have this love for cooking and food and the restaurant business and being around people in general, my job kind of keeps me from some of it. So I wanted a creative outlet. I knew, you know, what I bring to the table as far as just communicating information well and just caring about what I'm actually saying. Like, I'm not going to sell out to some like diet tea company or something like that because it's paying you. So everything I started doing with that stuff was just really reflective of myself. Mm. So that's why we came up with the Kristen Crowley always on because I'm always on. It's, you know, I'm on at home. I have to be on at work. I have to be on when I'm out in public because I don't know who I'm going to run into. And it's usually after the gym when I'm really disgusting and they want to hug you and you're like, oh God, <laughs> you don't want to touch me right now. And they always want to take a photo. Yeah, I'm like, I look really right now. So you're like, hold on, let me do it. Let me do it so I get my good angle because I'm going to yep. do the picture for us. But I, you know, I just learned, you know, and again, that's why I said in the beginning, the gift of being quiet and sitting back and watching other people and listening to what they're doing um, is is huge. I mean, just finding people you follow online. I mean, you know, we all follow like the Gary V's and the Mel Robbins mm -hmm. and those people mm -hmm. that motivate you. But honestly, like even indirectly, if you're just listening to that over and over, I mean, they're they're right. I mean, you have to you have to brand yourself. And if you're capable of doing it, then why not? I mean, in this day and age, if we can go share information and have fun. Um, so I just wanted to do it because I needed a creative outlet because I've always been creative. Um, you know, I used to do fashion merchandising. So I designed all the windows and stuff for Lord and Taylor. So I did that. I mean, I've done so many random jobs because I just I think and this is a good point is that, um, you know, the best people to go into or go through entrepreneurship in general, and this is a good friend of mine, James Patrick, had said, you have to be curious. Like, you Hell have to yeah. be curious about life. So I want to, I never want to stop learning, and I never want to stop sharing what I've learned to save other people from making the same mistakes. So I think that's why I started it, and I really wanted my brand to be not just one thing. I mean, I, and I hate that people pigeonhole you and say, well, you have to just do news mm. and you have to just, just smile and look pretty, or you have to sit here and just do food, or you have to just be selling coaching programs online. No, I don't. I don't have to do any of that. I can do all of it. I can do whatever the hell I want because it's out there and I care about it. So if you care about it, do it. Like, I don't just don't think that you have to sit there and just be one person because that's what your job is. Uh, that that part I don't like because it stifles us and I, I have to be creative and share. So that's why I started it all. <laughs> Our show slogan is curiosity is our mandate. And, and curiosity is, perfect. Is, the, is, is the cornerstone 
of life and and everything anything that was ever designed or innovated or built all yeah. came with curiosity you know henry ford has said hey i think we can actually build something here that will transport us quicker you know whoever invented yeah. the airplane the same thing can you imagine i think something could fly us through the sky like just think about that it's it's the right brothers yeah yeah it's amazing so so when you're talking about being able to do anything and everything that you do so much of us do struggle with that you know even in the last year and a half everybody knows me in the last six seven eight years for marketing i speak all over i market for big brands i you know everybody's like ryan is a marketer but i also love traditional media like i love journalism i love djing i've dj for years and years but i never made that public until as of recent and i said i think i can do it all and I think the only worrisome I had was not what people thought, but was, is this going to make it seem weird to people? Because I don't want to be also known yeah. as somebody that's like, it's kind of like a person that job to like, job. No, right? no, yeah. Yeah. no. And it, it was amazing because when I came on with all three, the support, all three of these things now, like I've gotten DJ gigs because somebody listened to my podcast. I See? got a client because somebody listened to the podcast. I had a guest because I met them <laughs> through my marketing. I DJed awesome. an event and figured out that they were my client for marketing. It, 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 so it's <laughs> it's inter it's intertwined, right? Yeah. Now with traditional media, how is somebody that is so dynamic like you, all over doing different things? How do you buckle down and say, "Yes, I'm going to report on this thing." Yes, that <laughs> and that alone. How do you do it? Um, I think that when, and I, this is the advice I give to people that have to do interviews as well. Um, you know, when you're doing that, you're, you're giving someone information that they may need and it may affect them. So I think when you focus on the fact that, you know, not delivering it as just copy, but delivering something as, um, useful information. And I always tell people the trick is, you know, how would you tell me to get from here to McDonald's? Like, how would you tell me to do that? When they say it, it's conversational. And I was like, that's how you need to tell your stories. Um, And so when we tell it, I always just think there's someone, even if it's one person that benefits from what we're saying right now, um, you know, that's that's why we do it. Um, And it's mainly, you know, even though we report there's so much bad out there, um, we focus a lot on the good, but our minds get so wrapped around those negative thoughts all the time that I think that most people have that misconception. Oh, the media, they only report bad news. Now it's pretty 50-50, but we uh, choose to focus on the negative. Um, and, you know, we have a whole section on our website at work that's good news. Um, so it's just stories about, you know, local volunteers and things like that. And I know my lane. I mean, I can anchor and I can go into serious mode. I'm better smiling because that's what I do all the time. So, you know, that's why I needed a little creative outlet to have more of that. And that's why I do, you know, I do the traffic reporting in the morning and I anchor in the afternoon. Um, traffic, you can have a little bit more fun and I'm, I'm helping someone. So I, even though, you know, you can do the same thing for 12 years straight that I've done, but every morning you're helping somebody. So I, I think that's why most journalists do it. Um, and again, like I said, I didn't go to school for that. I didn't go to school for any of that. <laughs> so <laughs> I just cared about connecting and telling people information. And if you can just kind of translate that, that's how we buckle down usually is that we know, and this could affect somebody and we need to deliver it in the right way. Um, you know, again, empathetically so that people understand that we care about it, um, whether it's good or bad, you know, we just have to kind of balance it out. Um, but with all the, you know, the judgment on the media in the past couple of years, it's difficult. 
you know, I, people really want to just jump to conclusions that were being paid off or whatever. I can guarantee you right now, nobody Fake in news. a news market I know, nobody in a news market I know makes enough money to care. Like we ain't getting paid enough to like, you know, I mean, it's it's a business that people do because they actually want to be there yeah. Um, yeah. because it is not a high paying job. It is not no. glamorous. It yeah. looks cool on TV, but it's, you know, your hours are long. They're hard. You're yeah. dealing with people yelling at you all the time. I mean, it's not a fun business, um, but you learn a lot and doing live television prepares you for anything else in life. <laughs> you let can me, do it. Let me ask you this. <laughs> do you think having a podcast and I mean, whether it's a podcast, the YouTube channel, a vlog, whatever, do you mm. think you could have as much impact doing that as somebody sitting uh, in in front of a traditional news outlet on the world as a whole? I love that question, actually. Um, yeah, I think so. It's different audiences. Um, and I think that, you know, when we're doing local news, you know, we're kind of stuck in our community and we get kind of, um, you, you know, you don't look at the big picture sometimes. Um, national, obviously, is a totally different story. Yeah, I mean, I think that the online now, because again, we are on there all the time, I think I can make a huge impact. And that's the only reason I chose to do it was to really just help, you know, help people learn something useful instead of the, the crap that you said that people are, you know, being inundated with and all the BS every day. Um, it's hard to find the genuine people. Um, but when you do, it's awesome. And I've been lucky enough to find quite a few online. Mm. And, you know, I follow them religiously and I make a point to make sure I like and support people that I know, mm. um, whether it's just buying one little thing from their website or making sure I comment all the time because it all helps us out. So I think the online community is our community now. So we have to cultivate our own little culture there too. Um, but yeah, I think I can be impactful in both ways, which is why I'm doing it. Well, it's, you know what? And I think it all comes like, it's funny because we, we talked about, there's no nobility in like communication's a big thing. And mm. I think what I really am disheartened by in today's world is that when if if you don't like me i don't mm -hmm. mind that you don't like me what i what i don't understand is why you can't tell me you don't like me why you choose to just ignore me or or do certain things and i and i feel yeah. that it's i'm very empathetic but it's hard to be empathetic with people that are not honest and upfront about their feelings so if i don't yeah. like somebody or if i do like somebody why is that like you know we 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 have a hard time expressing Marketing to me is extremely important, and I know it's it's became this thing that's so talked about. But yeah. marketing is beautiful because I always say an artist was never starving because their art wasn't good. It was because nobody knew about it. When I start Very a podcast, true. the biggest thing that I do, I love digital marketing. And if you throw yeah. content, like any media house, they're struggling a lot with their digital marketing. So with the podcast, I do like it, but I do like it as a form of media simply because it's a passive way of consuming content, meaning I don't yeah. disturb you. You can do multiple things. That mm -hmm. being said, forwarding all the way in, do you have an idol in media that you just love that you've actually got to meet that you're just like, oh. this person is a rock star in our industry, whether it's CNN level, whether it's, you know, I don't know, TMZ, <laughs> whatever. Just any, anybody that you're like, that you know off screen, this person's just solid. They're, you're just like, this person's a great person. Yeah. Because there's a lot of assholes out there. Oh, yeah. And, and I've oh, met yeah. a few and I'm like, you definitely turn it on for the camera. Holy. Because yeah. off the camera, you are not nice. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's um, as far as, you know, I've met a lot of people in L.A., um, but as far as people who do talk shows or news, um, the only person I've actually met in person that I actually watch their shows. Um, so I had an anchor that was here with me um, that worked with me, Layla Muhammad, who moved to Dallas and did a show there. And she's going to L.A. now and she's the same, just a great person. My co-anchors, Jessica, Blaine, Erica, and Miles, like are the most amazing people on and off camera. We're exactly the same. We do not change. Like we're exactly the same. We may be a little more quiet sometimes because we're tired, but we're the same. Um, but we had Lottie Love on our show. Lonnie is hands down the funniest, most genuine, like she is hysterical and she is exactly the person she is on her talk show, The Real, as she is in person. Like it's, it's that's a perfect name for it because she's really cool. Um, I've met a lot of comedians that were great, you know, that came in. Um, yeah, there's, a, you know, we don't get an opportunity to meet a lot of people because we're kind of stuck in our studio. So unless they come to our area, we don't really get to meet them. Um, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of people that, you know, that are guests who have been really great. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, I, I wish I could get out there more. Um, and actually meet more people and actually talk to them in that business, but it is difficult to do. So yeah, it's definitely fun. And and last uh, question, no, I'll get her. and last question because yeah, your doggy is: Have you ever cried uh, on reporting a story? Oh yeah. That just t- <laughs> is there one story you can just tell us about that to this day will just it just makes you you're just like. This is one of the not so nice sides of what I do for a living. Um, so I've reported on a couple of those. Um, my we had a challenge that we had to do at work one time was doing something that scared you. Um, so you had to do something. Um, and I, even though I grew up on a farm, had never volunteered at a shelter um, because I was so emotional every time I walked in. So I did that segment, which turned into a drinking game of have a shot every time Kristen cries because I cried the second I walked in and held this baby kitten. Um, I've also done a story, um, since I don't get to do a lot of stories because I'm in the studio, uh, a friend of mine um, who was a former Navy SEAL uh, lost his leg and he made it through that with flying colors. And he says that was the easy part of his life. Um, And then he was diagnosed with cancer um, and his daughter, you know, is, is a young child. And, um, I had to tell his story. So tracking that story and, um, not knowing if he was going to make it was very hard and that'll get me emotional right now. Um, but I can happily say that he has officially beaten cancer in the last Mm. two weeks. He got a clean scan. So, um, the thing when you're in local news is you do actually get really attached to people. Um, we have a lot of stories um, that we cover, Jessica has a little boy she's covered who has a deadly brain disease. So he, you know, they don't know when it'll happen, but we've had him in every year and he's surpassed every goal that they thought that he would surpass. But we report his story every year and we have him on. And, you know, he's now, I think he's in his late teens and they said he wouldn't make it past like age 11. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of stories that are, you know, they're touching and they're hard. So, you know, but my heart is with animals and children, obviously, um, and the military. So any military story that I do, I'm like immediately, I say it starting now, I'm immediately choked up because it affects me because it's personal, you know, it's stuff I care about. So we do. And there's, there's days when our reporters, I mean, they just sit there and come back to the station and cry. So to think that someone really wants to knock on your door and bug you is so opposite of what's going on. Um, and it, it is a hard job for some people, 
but I love it, you know, that we get to actually help people out. So all of our stories we've done mostly have turned positive, which is great. So, Mm. and at least if anything, we give them a story and a legacy. And I think that's the biggest power of this and and just living online. Like you said, we could look Mm. back at this in 25 years and be like, gosh, what were we doing? But it's there. I love love animals and kids and it will always always get my heart. You know, Uma, when we rescued her, she was on a kill list. She's the most sweetest. Oh, wow. She's the most sweetest, you know, ever. She is. Um, Kristen Crowley, you cried on my podcast. I did. <laughs> I think this is the best. I love it. This is what I wanted to see because I know you're always killing something or pushing a tire over or uh, bugging your husband about who's gonna who's the best on the AK-47, flexing a pump. But at the end of the day... We're all human and we cry, and I think it's beautiful. We are. Um, please tell everybody how they can reach out to you, uh, where they can find you, all the stuff that you're uh, involved with. Yeah, so I have um, KristenCrowley.com. It's very simple, www.KristenCrowley.com. Um, I have the YouTube channel, which is Kristen Crowley Live. And I have some wonderful friends here in Virginia that are helping me learn to tape stuff and some other great friends who are teaching me how to set up podcasts. Ryan, thank you. Um, So I am um, going to start putting all this stuff out there. I've already got a bunch of recipes ready to go for people for meal prep and healthy stuff for the YouTube Mm -hmm. channel. Um, And so, yeah, just go subscribe, sign up. Um, I would love it if you did and put your emails in and then subscribe to the YouTube um, and shoot me a message. If you have like, seriously, Ryan said, if you have any questions, I am the most open book out there and I will answer them honestly. Um, I don't bullshit people. So if you have a question, like seriously, shoot me a message. Um, You know, if you need hosts for events in this area, that's what I love to do, charity stuff. So yeah, just reach out. So it's it's super simple, kristencrowley.com. And Kristen, I told you this and I and I messaged you this, but now I get to see your eyes. I really mean this. <laughs> Whatever I can do to be of value to you. Um, I yeah. knew when I started talking to you, I said, I have to maintain, I want to invest in a relationship with you because I think there's, you're doing so many things that are very <laughs> similar to me and then very opposite, which is, which is always nice. Yeah. So is there anything uh, I can do for you? I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today, but I always like to end off asking guests, what can I do for you? You're already doing it. You're already sharing stories. That's all I need. I mean, if people can connect with me out on your side, you know, we love our Canadians down here. I mean, I grew up near there. I'm, Hell yeah. You know, I, I can Hell get the yeah. accent going. Um, <laughs> but if, if, I'm, if I'm up there long enough, the accent will start coming back. But if I, you know, yeah, just support each other, love each other, um, like things, go subscribe. Like, I mean, and you and I are going to keep this relationship up. So we'll be Hell sharing each yeah. other's stuff and I will hopefully at some point interview on my podcast. I would love that. I would love. I would <laughs> love be that. Fun. I would so love we'll, that. We'll, we'll flip the script a little bit. And let me take over. But yeah, thank you. Just for I letting like me share. It. You're awesome. So it, thank you. Is, you're very well. <laughs> you know, it, I, I and I think too, it's kind of fun to be interviewed. You know, because I've, I've been is. interviewed on on TV and all that, and I'm like. It's kind of nice to have somebody ask you questions. You're like, okay, I, like I, I just get to answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, think about it. It's kind of nice. It is nice. Well, that, and that's what I was going to say. Uh, Kristen, last thing, just say the Ryan Holt Show podcast. The Ryan Holt Show podcast. <laughs>